stuff. Here we are at episode 72 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. And I got a double whammy for you this week. I think we should call this book week. Yeah, it's book week or maybe book day or maybe book episode 72 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. And I'm your host, Mike Mason. I'm talking to creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talked to not one author, but two authors, one of whom is also an incredible artist. I talked to Ben Clanton, who's got several of his own books and did the illustration for Lori Berkner's book, We Are the Dinosaurs. I also talked to Debbie Aronson about her book, Where's My Tushy? And I would have had no idea about this book if my five-year-old daughter had not brought it home from the library. Talking to Debbie was amazing and hearing the story behind the book added a tremendous amount of depth that quite frankly, I wasn't expecting. It was very cool to hear the story that inspired her book. And Ben's got a lot of great books too. You should check them both out on Amazon. Now, I don't know if you noticed when you downloaded today's episode that there's some new art for the Good Stuff Kids podcast. There's some new art done by the incredibly talented and generous friend of the show and friend of mine, Aaron Gleason, a.k.a. The Forest Feast. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the idea that that technical producer Josh MB and I had for the logo for the show and turning it into what is really and truly a work of art. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You should all check out the Forest Feast books. You should check her out on Instagram. She's got like a shop now where she's doing fancy paper and things like that. Erin's the best. Support her. She is certified and bona fide. Good stuff for everyone of all ages. Thanks a lot, Erin. There are 71 other episodes plus some bonus content that you can find at www.goodstuffpod.com. You should also check out Good Stuff Sports. A, uh, a small birdie told me that there will be, yes, there will be another episode of Good Stuff Sports coming this week. And we're going to skip over 4 Plus 1 this week because I'm, I'm going to stay true to this idea that this is, this is an all-book episode. We're not going to do any music, mostly because all we've been listening to is Kids Bop, and not just Kids Bop, but like the song Thrift Shop by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, and no one needs that. I get enough of that for everyone and anyone who may be listening to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Except for you, Macklemore. I know you're a big fan. Drop me a line. Mike at goodstuffpod.com. You should also send me your kids saying good stuff, and I'll use it as a segment separator. Please do. We're three episodes away from episode number 75, and we got some cool stuff happening for that one. We talked to one of our all-time favorites in the Good Stuff family. So stay tuned for that. And with no further ado, here's my conversation with Debbie Aronson, followed by my conversation with Ben Clanton. Talk to you at the end of the show. Good stuff. So um, so you mentioned you have a daughter who's an opera singer in Pasadena, and you yeah. are a writer living in Michigan. How, so how does, how does a person like you, Debbie, get to get to Michigan? Like, What's a little bit of your backstory? Oh, well, I was uh, born in Chicago, raised in Chicago, and in Madison, Wisconsin. I uh, was trained as a social worker, went to graduate school at the University of Michigan, and I worked as a social worker in Racine, near Racine, Wisconsin, Union Grove, for in my young adult life in my 20s and 30s. Uh-huh. And then I got married and moved to Michigan 
to uh, southeastern Michigan. And I've lived here ever since, raised my daughter, who is now 30, and who sings classical music. She's based in in uh, in Pasadena and in New York City. Wow. Wow, both, huh? That's, that's quite a commute. Um, so, yeah. you know, here's another thing. We've been talking a lot about some of the stuff that you and I have in common. I also have my MSW, although my I, I use it in a different way in, in, uh, in the educational setting. What kind of social work? were you practicing were you a like a clinical license kind of person no i i work for a southern wisconsin center for developmentally disabled uh-huh. and i did foster care work and community placement at the time they were uh, trying to reduce the populations in uh-huh. the um you know in, in the large institutions for the developmentally disabled Oh, wow. and, and develop com- community-based programs. So I helped develop the community-based program and and make sure the residents were adjusting. It was a uh, a long-term project, and it was uh, really something to be involved with in Wisconsin. Yeah, it's it's the and that's, our model was 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 Michigan. Michigan was one of the first that did a lot of deinstitutionalization. Wow, it's uh, that that's big, heavy work. That is not light. <laughs> Certainly not light. So the so here's how we're going to give the give the listeners a little bit of our story here. How you and I got to be connected. So I have a daughter who's five, uh-huh. and she went to religious school one Sunday morning, and she came back with a book. And there's you know like the the religious school library is not necessarily filled with the most up to date books, if you will. And she brought out this book, and you wrote it. And it's called Where's My Tushy? And first of all, before we go any further, can you explain what a tushy is? A tushy is a rear end. <laughs> Very a well bottom, said. Uh-huh. A bot. There, uh, any any uh, number of words. Yeah. For that part of the body. Yes, that, and we we're, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it clean, and we're going to stop there. But yes, <laughs> the rear end. It, Yes, it's uh, a. It comes from. It's. I think it's a. It comes from the Yiddish word tachas, uh-huh. which comes from the Hebrew word tachas, which means underneath or beneath. Yeah. And it's just very interesting that the word tushy has adopted a, a universal appeal. It has. Yes, it's it's it is a universal appeal. You know, if you said to anyone, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and if you were to say to anyone, "What's a tushy?" I think they'd be able to answer it. So. So we got this book, Where's My Tushy? And we started reading it, and we were all cracking up. You know, we, I have a seven, five, and a three-year-old, as I mentioned to you. And, and we were reading this, and, and this is the story. You know, not to give away too much, because we hope that people will, people will, will read it and, and say um, and, and agree that it's a, a pretty great and amazing little book. But the, the premise is, and I should let you explain what the premise is uh, of this book. Well, the premise is that there is a town uh, populated by people who have their tushies until one night, for some reason, the tushies all decide. Everybody in the town loses their tushies all in one night. The tushies don't feel appreciated, so they get up and leave. Where could they have gone? How could they be found again? People were very inconvenienced, as you can well imagine. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Uh, and uh, they had to hire detectives to find them. Uh-huh. But 
I don't know if I should reveal where they went. No, but um, let's just let's just say you shouldn't reveal because that's a, that's one of the the great funny parts of the book. But the um, the detectives, like, how do you find a tushy detective? Do you think, or is it just the kind of thing that 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 happens in this in this world you've created? It's just a, mag a magical world. It is a magical world. <laughs> a magical world of no tushies. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. And uh, when you, for, do you remember where, where and, and what you were doing when you had this first idea to write a book about tushies going missing? Yeah, well, it's, this is a very long story. It starts with my father, okay. who was a very fine writer. Uh, professionally, wrote, he wrote stories. And he loved to tell us stories. I, I'm one of three daughters, and he told us stories all the time. And this was the story he told us that we wanted to hear over and over again. Oh, wow. And, it, uh, and he told it differently every time, every time. Uh -huh. He told it differently to all three daughters, so we all have different memories of what happened in the story. And uh, he never wrote it down. And here's a, here's a, a, uh, my father was, as I say, a, a very fine writer. And yet, this is the story that he never wrote down. So, I, you know, was just thinking about him one day. It was about over ten years ago now, and I was thinking, and you know, it would be nice to write it down. And I wonder if I can do it in verse. My father loved to write in verse. Uh -huh. He had a, a great knack for it. it was very a lot of ease with verse. And I, I wondered, you know, how hard would that be? To tell this story in verse. I had never written in verse. I'd, I'd done a little bit of helping the family write song parodies for special occasions, uh -huh. but I never thought of actually setting, putting, telling a story in verse. And I just wondered if I could do it. Uh -huh. And if, it was a labor of love because you know it brought the whole family together. What do you remember about the story? Where do you think the tushy oh, wow. should go? Uh -huh. It was everybody had some input. It it took me. I don't know, four or five years putting it together, never, never thinking that I could ever sell it. Uh -huh. I just wanted to, you know, get it recorded for hopefully someday I'll have grandchildren and my nieces and nephews and my nieces and nephews in the meantime could enjoy it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how it developed. It was a family story that developed over the years. Now, you have to understand that when my father told it, the protagonist, the, the little girl in the story, yeah. was a princess. Uh -huh. This is a kingdom of where nobody had a tushy. Oh, my goodness. Uh -huh. And the editors changed it to make it a little girl. Took away uh -huh. the kingdom, took away the king, took away all the regal elements, and it was just a, a little girl whose name was, what was her name? Judy. Uh -huh. I had my choice of had to decide between Trudy and Judy. I chose Judy. <laughs> uh -huh. and, um, and so the story was uh, simplified in that way. Uh -huh. but, and uh, so I just want to add one more thing. That yeah, of course. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even think of submitting it for publication. Number one, it seemed like an uh, unattainable goal. I would have no idea how to even go about it. Uh -huh. Plus, I didn't have the first, the initial two, two lines. I ha I went through about six or seven uh, initial two lines, and I didn't like any of them. And, and until I came up with the lines as they read now, I, yeah. I felt I couldn't do anything with it. Wow! So what are those two lines? Let's see. I've got them. Right I, I got here. I got them right here. We all have a tush, and we're glad that we've got them. 
our lives would be rough with no tush or no bottom. Yes, that was that was one. I I, I felt I couldn't I couldn't really beat that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome. So that's when I had the courage to start, you know, reading it to people who weren't immediate family and and Uh in getting their reactions. Mm-hmm. I, I took it to a, a Jewish book fair once and, and read it to anyone who would listen and asked them. Well, at that time, the word wasn't tush, it was butt. The whole book was written <laughs> about butt. And, and then at, at the book fair, uh, somewhere along the way, it was suggested that, well, turn it into tushies and maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll yeah. go further. Yeah. And that's what happened. As soon as they become tush, became tushies, I was able to interest a publisher in it. Huh, interesting. So it's all it's it's all about the tushy, isn't it? I guess that's the uh that's the way that this goes. Um did you know the the person that illustrated the book or was it just one of cuz I've talked to a couple authors and and when they submit the the book or, or you know the the writing then the author comes in and kind of puts their vision to it. Was it a similar situation for you? Yeah, no, yeah there's uh, I didn't know the uh illustrator at all that the publisher found the illustrator, and I had, I, I still have had no contact with him. Oh my gosh! Wow. He, he's a brilliant illustrator. I, I know. Aren't these terrific illustrations? These are terrific tushies. What can you say, right? Yeah, I, there. I don't know if you saw on uh, Laura Rinney, who is the art director of Learner Publishing, uh-huh. posted a blog in which she describes her experience in uh, designing the illustrations. And how, quote, she says, when I first heard I would be having to come up with a design for this book, I could not quell the panic that was rising in my brain. (laughs) As the full understanding of the challenges of this book washed over me. Okay, we're doing a book about bottoms, butts, (laughs) cushies, rear ends, who ran away from their owners, thus creating bottomless people. Now, how exactly are we going to illustrate this? Now, when I was writing the book, I was constantly drawing pictures of uh-huh. what my these tushies could look like and whether it would be, you know, just two little orbs stuck together, uh-huh. little eyes and a smile, or I, 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 and I wondered if it would be an obstacle to getting it published, that this would be such an odd thing, or uh-huh. whether it would be, you know, a, seen as a, a, a good thing, an unusual thing. Uh-huh. So you can imagine when I first got the pictures, what a, a moment is, uh, that is. It's one of the most exciting moments that yeah. you can even when you first see somebody else's conception of your story. Yeah, their interpretation of, of the tush. Yeah, that's oh, great. Um, and you, you have a, a new book that's coming out in the near future. Yes, it, you... it was just published by HarperCollins in uh-huh. October of 2016 uh-huh. called Dragons from Mars. Dragons and the from illustrator Mars. Cool. is Colin Jack, who's uh-huh. a, um, a story artist with DreamWorks. Uh, DreamWorks yes. Oh, wow. That's yeah. so cool. Great. So Very, very excited about very it. Very excited. And, and a different angle than, uh, than Tushy's. Dragons from Mars. I, yeah, you can't really Dragons. beat that. It's um, the it's the first book in a in a two book two book series, so oh, it will wow. be a a sequel in a few few years. Okay, cool. Well, we will definitely look for that. So I am uh, I'm looking at at Amazon right now, which I think is probably unless you have a different way of, of getting the book, but it's certainly available. 
on Amazon. Just search for Where's My Tushy, and you have 15 like five-star reviews, and that's really amazing. And, and I just want to be sure that people know that they can get this on Amazon and order this book and have it for their collection at home. Do you know of other ways to get it, or is that pretty? Is that the best way, you would say? I think that's the best way, yes. Okay. Um, well, Debbie, it was awesome to talk to you and hear your story and, and, and to learn. What I love about this story, like truly for me the best part, is that it's more than about just, you know, oh, here's a clever idea. Where's my tushy? But this, this is in a lot of ways, and this is going to sound a little weird, but it's kind of a historical document for your family. And, you know, you mentioned that you could read it to your nieces and nephews, you know, if and when your, your daughter has kids, they'll be able to have this and they will know that this story came from your dad. That's such a cool and unique angle for this story that, that really makes it even more special. So thank you. And of all the things that my father wrote in his life and got published, uh -huh. I mean, if he, and he's not with us any longer or in, in, in the physical sense. Uh -huh. But if he knew that this was, you know, the story that his family would, you know, help to carry on his memory, you know, he he would be, he would be really shocked. Uh -huh. <laughs> in a great, in an amazing way, in an amazing way. <clears throat> well, Debbie, thank you so much for your time. Um, you were very, very fun to talk to. It was very cool to hear oh. your story. Oh, it's fun to talk to you too. And please give my best to your three children. I and will. Thank your thank your little five year old daughter for bringing the book home. Yeah, this from, is one, from one the of the synagogue library. Yeah, this is one of the happiest happiest things that that has happened. It's uh, so cool to talk to you, and hopefully we will speak again soon. Maybe when the Dragon from Mars Part Two comes out. What do you think? Oh, that would be great. I would love that. Thank okay. You. All right. Thank you. Good stuff. Good. 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 Good stuff. Yeah. This is like your work time, right? Like, how, how, what's the day like? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm a bit, of a, a bit of a slow start usually for me. Uh, <laughs> in the morning, I, I kind of get warmed up, do a few drawing exercises and that sort of thing. And then afternoon and evening is when I tend to get the most work done. Really? So there's like a real warm-up process. That's fascinating. Like basketball, I guess, right? Or baseball, you got to warm up the, the muscles. Do you have like a set... So, uh, this is hard to say a set set of activities that you do or is it different every day it changes a bit with each time i mean there's some things that i do regularly um there's a few different drawing games that i'll usually get started out with mm -hmm. uh so like i'll do uh, mixables where i take different creatures and i mix them together to get new creature uh, -huh. uh and often do a couple of those or uh sometimes i'll just take a sheet and fill it with doodles or pull out a sketchbook and just doodle for a while and put an episode of something on and you know yeah. just kind of get my mind in the right space yeah oh my gosh all right so we jumped right in sorry about that i'm just like so impressed with uh i have having no artistic ability in the drawing side of things i'm just so uh it's so cool to hear about people who can actually do it and how they hone the craft so we'll get we'll, we'll just dive right in i i think uh Sure. If that's cool with you. So I am um, very free-flowing conversation. I have a few things I want to ask you about. A lot of sort of the backstory, how you got to doing what you're doing and, you know, talk about Lori's book. But in addition, um, you know, talk about the Narwhal stuff because that's coming up on May 2nd, right? The second book. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Super yeah. Narwhal coming out May second. Super Narwhal, and who who's Super Narwhals? I, I know this. I know, I know this. Who's Super Narwhals? Uh, Jelly Jolt. Jelly Jolt. Right. Okay. So we want to make sure that uh, at least I don't sound like a total idiot when I talk about that. <laughs> Half idiot's fine. Um, okay. So Clanton is your last name. Yes. Okay, great. Because I also got to make sure I don't mispronounce anything. So, um, pretty free flowing. I think we'll go for maybe like twenty-ish minutes uh, if we got that time. And uh, I'm pumped. You ready to roll? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Um, welcome, Ben Clanton, illustrator, and I think in your words, like a squiggler and a doodler to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you, Ben? Doing all right. Thanks for having me on the show. Totally. We um we've we've never met. We I like to get that out of the way so that people know when they're listening to this that we're not in coots in any way other than uh, the fact that I think that what you do is great and certified and qualifies is is good stuff for kids and families. So take us uh take us a, tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Um, I am I guess an author straighter. Uh, <laughs> I, I write and illustrate. Uh, that's mainly what I do. I am mainly books with lots of pictures and very few words. Um, but then I also I do a bit of editing as well. I'm an editor at large for uh, Sasquatch Books, which uh, is Pacific Northwest Regional Publisher mm-hmm. uh, based in Seattle. And uh, yeah, that's mainly what I do is I, I spend my day making up super serious stories and super serious drawings. <laughs> well, I'm going to push you on that because I actually don't think that that's true. <laughs> but um, Okay, so, so by my count, right, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, you have illustrated six books for other people, kids' books, I should say, right? Does that seem accurate or is it probably more? Sure. Uh, Lori's would be the seventh that I've illustrated uh, okay. by another author. Okay, so seventh. But in addition to that, you've got eight of your own books, is that is that the right number? Um, let's see here. Uh, I think Narwhal was my seventh, and then I've got a few coming out this year. So yeah, right right around there. Oh, so yeah. a few coming out this year. That's exciting news. So before we get into the specifics of the books, um, what's like what inspired you, or how did you know? I guess like from the when you were younger, what was the moment when you're like, I I have a skill, I have a talent at 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 doing this kind of illustration, and this is what I want to do. And what were some of the inspirational things for you as you were growing up? You know, I'm one of those odd cases. Usually you hear from illustrators, yeah, I knew since I was very, very little that this is what I wanted to do. I'm I'm not one of those cases. I enjoyed drawing a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I was told by other people I was good at, but it never occurred to me that it could really be something that I could actually do uh, as a um, you know, a vocation, an actual career. Uh, and to me, books weren't, weren't these things that actual people made. <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> they appeared, you know, they appeared. Yeah. They just came about. And, um, the idea that someone could spend their day working on those, that, that just didn't occur to me. <laughs> and I got, I got caught up in more of one of my other passions, basketball and, oh. uh, as well as, you know, some other things. And I just kind of forgot about drawing come middle school and high school. And I didn't really, I hardly ever drew. And then um, college, I I was volunteering a bit at a nearby elementary school, and uh, we were reading books uh, uh, with students, and a couple of those books were Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus by Mo Willems, uh-huh. uh, No David by David Shannon, and, uh, you know, 
the super serious works like those ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. They were, they were just so funny, so clever. And um, I started wondering, could I make something like that? And so I started writing. Um, I started writing stories. And then I was pushed on, well, what is it about these books that you love most? And, and really, it was, it was the whole, whole um, book. So illustrations and the drawings. And I started to doodle and squiggle. And, um, you know, as with anything, practice, I've, I've, I keep getting better. Yeah, so what was the first, your first book, not one that you illustrated for some, but the first one that you put out? Is that, um, let me see if I, I, I can even help you out here and try to find it for you <laughs> if it's my, slipping your my, mind. Oh, no, I know which one it is. Okay, it's, it's Vote for Me. Uh-huh. Um, it's about an elephant and a donkey, and <laughs> each are wanting you, the reader's vote. Um, and <laughs> it was particularly apt this last year, but it came out four years ago. It was, right. uh, the election before this last. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I was when I was looking at. it, I saw that it's 2012. And um, okay, so that that was sort of inspired by the election. Okay, so so vote for me is your is your first book, right? That's the first one that you wrote and illustrated. What? Would, how long do you think it took to get from uh, concept to like having the book in hand? I think that's fascinating. Oh, goodness, uh, <laughs> publishing world moves super slow. That one actually happened a bit. Quicker than what's typical, though. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I, I should start out, though, by saying that, you know, there was a number of years before that, uh, before uh-huh. Vote for Me, where I, I wrote and illustrated a number of books that did not see publication and oh, that won't see publication. Um, <laughs> that for any number yeah, of reasons, yeah, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I, I can recognize now that they, they were projects I had to do in order to get to um, the point that I was ready to do that uh-huh. book. Uh-huh. Um, and it's kind of my feeling about any book I work on is each one kind of gets me to the stage of tackling the next and hopefully doing a better job making a better book. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vote for Me, I had the idea for that, I think it was end of 2010. And I'd been in contact with uh, an editor, Tara Walker, and um, she had been very kind, very encouraging to me and said, you know, as you have projects come up, um, I'm, I'm interested, um, which, which is huge. That, that doesn't happen a lot then or take their time out when there's no guarantee. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I had the idea for it. It was then took, Oh no, maybe about four or five months. I was, I had, I had an actual day job at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I finally got a, a dummy book put together, a rough draft and, and it was fairly quick because this was 2011 and they wanted to get out in 2012 that they said, let's do this. Uh, and over that summer went ahead and, um, made the art for it. And then it came out, um, just under a year after that. Uh So I know that this is probably different for every, uh, writer and illustrator, but for you, which part's the, the harder part? Is it the writing part or is it the illustrating part? The illustration is uh, the hardest part for me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, with, well, I mean, it's, it's all, you know, it all can have its challenges uh-huh. and it's all fun at the same time too. But um, I, uh, I have these images in my head that I want it to come out and look like, and I can usually get the words right, uh, or at least close to what I wanted, 
but but the pictures they never quite come out the way I meant to. But that's you know that's just part of the process. Uh -huh. Even to the point where like so a book like Rex Rex it where where my buddy Rex the dinosaur um, looks pretty fully formed. But like at any point are you like okay I'm satisfied like this is Rex or is there still like room to 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 edit and and to change things a little bit? I I think with every project there's things I look back and go. Oh, I could have done this or I could have done that. Like with Rex, because it's a very energy-filled book, uh -huh. I kind of wish I had done a little bit more of a dynamic sort of line work for the book, kind uh -huh. of a thicker line. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I'm, I'm proud of the book. Uh -huh. um, I, I love those characters. It's fun working with those characters. And I have those, those characters are actually come out in another book this year oh, called Boo Hoo. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. Um, in which uh, one of the characters that was originally in Rex Rex it gets to come back into the cast as uh, one of the characters that got cut. Uh -huh. But um, I don't know. Yeah, with each with each project, there's things I look back. And I'm like, oh, I could have done that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, okay, so so you just finished, or probably not just finished. I mean, you know, you mentioned that these things take time, but you you illustrated the book for Lori Berkner's song, We Are the Dinosaurs, which is one of her classics. So how did, how did that relationship come to be? How did you guys connect with each other? So I have never talked directly to Lori. Uh -huh. um, uh, kind of typically in the publishing world, the way it works is that the author and illustrator usually don't have really any communication. Huh. Um, but... Actually, speaking of Rex Rexit, that is kind of how I ended up getting the gig to do We Are the Dinosaurs. Okay. Is um, uh, publisher, Simon Schuster, uh, my editor uh, for the book, Christian Trimmer, he um, had shared with Lori uh, Rex Rexit uh, as part of uh, these, these are the different, you know, usually there's a few different illustrators that they might be pitching. And um, I guess Rex is what helped get me the job to, yeah. to do We Are the Dinosaurs. Nice. Very cool. So how many times do you think you had to listen to the song to get the feel? <laughs> oh, goodness. That's uh, not like I, a, that's not no like a slam question. That's not like a leading question. Like I'm trying to get you to say something something nasty, but like you got to get into it, right? You got to really know what's going on and to be inspired by it. So what I imagine when you're drawing or like sketching out what, um, what these folks look like, you got to have that song at least in your head. Oh, definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I played it oodles. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's one of those ones that gets stuck in your head pretty pretty easily. Extremely. I mean, there's easy. a lot of repetition and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, the marching, marching. It's it's one you can memorize pretty quickly as well. Right. So I've I've got it down. <laughs> you got it down. Yeah, and uh, down. and shout out to Lori who has been a guest on this show before, and we talked about the song and like that's not an easy thing to do. In any music, but particularly kids' music, to make something memorable and you know it, it, it gets in the head of the adults as well as the kids, and it's a, it's a nice piece of music. Um, so uh, the um, the finished product comes out, and and you're you move on to the next thing, and you have you you have a series that um, the first book came out, I think a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago, and then it has a sequel coming out in May, and this is a, a book about narwhal. So. I need I need to know how you how you came to narwhal and and how narwhal is like 
your thing and because you know people hear about narwhals and know about narwhals but i don't think anyone's made like a uh, a beautiful book about it so tell me a little bit about narwhal series and and who we're thinking about and who we're talking about in these books sure um goodness narwhal has been in the works for quite some time for me um i think i first had the idea for it maybe about four years ago or so uh while standing in line for ice cream uh, I was at um, Molly Moon's popular ice cream uh, place in, in Seattle and waiting in line. And uh, there's this, they, they make their own freshly made waffle cones, and the smell of the waffle cones was coming up my nose. And um, <laughs> that, that sweetness and then the, the cones, you know, if you turn it upside down, kind of looks like a horn. Uh-huh. And I already had narwhals on my brain at the time. I had seen this book. Uh, Polar Obsession by, I, I believe it's Paul Nicklin. Uh-huh. Um, I think I have that right. Uh, and it has these gorgeous images of, of, of narwhals out in the wild, real-life real narwhals. And I, before that book, I hadn't really realized that narwhals were a legit real thing. <laughs> um, and so I was like, well, why, why is there not more about these creatures? They're, they're fascinating. Um, and so I, I knew I wanted to make a book about them, but then I was staying in line for ice cream. All of a sudden, the waffles coming in, waffle smell, and yeah. the cone, and weird things started happening. And all of a sudden, this character uh, came to me about this this very happy, optimistic character that you know I I don't think Narwhal even knows how to frown. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> just just super positive about the world, and then you know, kind of the foil to Narwhal, the uh, opposition. Um, but but also the best friend uh, Jelly, who uh-huh. uh, very much finds plenty of things to frown about in the world, uh-huh. and um, then kind of weirdly, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I think it's it's been kind of bubbling up as narwhals all of a sudden becoming a, a bit of a thing. You know, it's uh, my, mine isn't the only book now. There's um, Wendell the Narwhal by Emily Dove, super oh. adorable. Uh-huh. Uh, not quite narwhal, which is actually about a unicorn, but has narwhals in it, and that's um, <laughs> Jesse Sima. Sima. Uh-huh. I'm not uh-huh. sure how to say her last name. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's even a few more books coming out, but just just in these like past couple of years, all of a sudden narwhals uh, they're everywhere. They're, they're having their day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's which cool. is great. I yeah. think they're they're fascinating. Yeah. Awesome. So so the new book is Super Narwhal and Jelly Jolt, and that comes out. May 2nd, and uh, I mean, you know, I don't want you to give too much away, but it seems like the adventure continues with superpowers. Is that fair to say? Yes, um, that's, well, one of the questions within the book, too, is (laughs) can you be a superhero without superpowers, and um, or does everyone have a superpower? It's just a matter of finding it. Wow, Um, deep. And and so that's that's kind of at the heart of it, is Uh finding out, uh, yeah, I mean, Jelly's got kind of an obvious one, you know. Jelly's uh-huh. got these tentacles, can sting things. Uh-huh. Um, but then Narwhal, it's, it's a bit more of a question. What, what yeah. is Narwhal's superpower? And that's, that's well, what the book yeah. is at the heart. And we'll, we'll have to read it to find out, for sure. <laughs> for go. sure. All right, so Ben, how do, we, how do we find you and keep up with you and connect to you and all the various ways that people connect these days? Uh, sure. Um, well, there's my website is benclanton.com, and then there's narwhalandjelly.com. Oh, uh-huh. um, nice. 
in which you can write to Narwhal in there too. And there's jokes and randomness and it's, uh, the website's very much like the books kind of, uh, all over the place. Uh (laughs) And, uh, then I'm also on Instagram, um, Ben Quintoon and, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of them, huh? Yeah. I guess I'm on everything. Yeah, I'm on Twitter a bit less than the rest, but okay. yeah, yeah. And I should I should say I found you on Instagram, and your Instagram is really fun and really um, really cool to to follow and watch. And and something that you mentioned on your Instagram that we talked about just for a second that I want to touch on really quickly is um, the fact that you warm up every day, that you don't just like jump in and and, and ideas come to you. So. Can you give us like 30 seconds on the warm-up process? Because I think it's important for people to know that like you got to get the juices flowing a little bit. You can't just jump in and, and, and have a, a, a beautiful start to whatever's going on. Sure, yeah. I, I kind of I have to have a warm-up in the morning. Otherwise, if I, if I just go straight into things, I end up frustrated and I'm feeling tight. Um, but I, I'll often do like Mixamals. It's a drawing game in which I take different creatures and mix them together to get a brand new creature. I'll just take a page and doodle on it um, while watching an episode or something. It's just kind of ease myself into things mm-hmm. and then ready to go and, and dive in on whatever book I'm working on. Very cool. Ben, I can't thank you enough for your time, and it's great to meet you and great to talk to you, and uh, we'll talk to you really soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. All right. Take care. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. That's a wrap. Episode 72 is in the books. Big thanks to Debbie. Big thanks to Ben. Check out their stuff. It's great. Good stuff, even. Oh, trademark. I owe myself 10 bucks. You can find them on Amazon. Their books are there, and they're available. Hope you're gearing up for a great Memorial Day weekend. If you're barbecuing some chicken, let me know. I'll be there. It's beautiful here in the Bay Area. I hope it's beautiful where you are. I hope you have a great week. We will talk to you later this week for a brand new episode of Good Stuff Sports. Thanks for listening. If you would be so kind as to rate and review on iTunes, it would mean so much. Share it with a friend. That would be awesome. You got friends? I bet you got friends. I bet you got friends. I bet you got a friend who would enjoy the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Thanks again, as always, to Mrs. Good Stuff. Thanks to Aaron Gleason for the incredible new artwork. Thanks for technical producer Josh MB. Talk to you soon. Stuff.